Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to the Munganass St. Louis Honda Sports on a Sunday morning. Here's the pitch. A swing and a high fly ball. This could be trouble. It's at the wall. And it's a gunner. He scores! Now, sports on a Sunday morning on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Okay, everybody needs to settle down. And when I say everybody, I mean everybody in the Cardinals lineup. What's happening? Hey, Tom Ackerman with you. We're going to be with you until noon. What's happening in this lineup is that they are pressing to make something happen at home. And when that starts to happen, it gets into your head. I truly believe this. The Cardinals are pressing to make something happen at home. It's the NLCS. The crowd is buzzing. And sometimes when you have a crowd as good as you have in St. Louis, it can work the other way. Because when things start to turn down, it hurts, and it goes quiet, and it starts to get a little interesting. Where's the crowd? Where's the noise? What's happening? And the Cardinals are looking up at the scoreboard, and they're seeing that there are no hits, and they're trying to get something going and trying to get a hit instead of sticking to the process. That's not just coming from me. That's coming from Tommy Edmond himself in the lineup. He said the same thing last night after the game. The Cardinals, folks are trying to make something happen at home. And they didn't. They almost got no hit by Anibal Sanchez. They almost got no hit by Max Scherzer. They were close in both games. And why is that? Because the Nationals aren't that great offensively, and the Cardinals are pretty good pitching-wise, and the Cardinals held them down to a reasonable amount of runs. I mean, they only gave up a couple of runs in the first game and three runs in the second game. I mean, those are two winnable games. An outstanding pitching performance by Adam Wainwright yesterday. Legendary. And it's a shame that the Cardinals weren't able to capitalize on that. But guess what? They're down 0-2 in the series. And (laughs) going on the road seems to fit them. I mean, this is a team that likes playing on the road. They like playing when nobody thinks they can do anything. They like being down and coming back. Nobody likes being down. But they like to come back. And we're, we're going to discuss on this show, I want you to settle in here and have a cup of coffee and understand that we're not going to paint a rosy picture. What we're going to do, and Chris Raby's going to come in in just a few minutes, about 10, 15, he'll be in studio. He and I did this last night uh, over a couple of pops, and we discussed this last night over a couple of cold, frosty ones as to what the Cardinals, and you did too, right? You were there with your friends. You had a couple of cold ones and said, all right, what do they need? We need to adjust the lineup. We got to get this guy out of there. We got to move this guy up and move it. That's what we're going to do here in a few minutes. I actually wrote out a lineup last night that I kind of like. I don't think Mike Schilt will do it exactly as I say, (laughs) but I think it makes sense. Now it's a little bit drastic. I'll give you two different scenarios coming up with Chris Raby. One is where you could make a few little tweaks and adjust the order of the lineup. The second one is you remove a couple of people and put in some people 
which I think will provide some energy and a spark. That's a little bit of a tease, but we're going to give you that lineup here in just a little bit. Here's what's going on with the team. The Cardinals lost the game. Let's get to our broadcasters first. We'll run down what happened in yesterday's ugly offensive game, brilliant pitching game. Take it away, Mike Shannon. So far in the National League Cha- and John Rooney. Championship Series, good pitching has stopped the Cardinals hitting. In game one, it was Anibal Sanchez who lost a no-hitter through two outs in the eighth inning when Jose Martinez singled to center field on Friday night. Then yesterday, the Cardinals were no-hit by Max Scherzer until a base hit by Paul Goldschmidt in the seventh inning. The Cardinals went on to score a run on three hits but lost the game to the Nationals 3-1. to one. The Nationals have a two-games-to-nothing lead in this best-of-seven series. A home run by Michael A. Taylor in the third inning, then a two-run double with one out in the eighth inning by Adam Eaton gave the Nationals their three runs. Max Scherzer picked up the win, beating Adam Wainwright. Wainwright went seven in the third inning, seven hits, three runs, one intentional walk, 11 strikeouts as he fell to 0-1 this postseason. Scherzer went to 2-0 with the win as he struck out 11. Travel day today, Monday, Flaherty against Strasburg on the air at 5.43 p.m. I'm John Rooney. Nobody on, two down, and it is uh, Marcelo Suna, the pitch to him. Popped up, foul territory, a play for the uh, first baseman. And the Nationals go two games to none up on the Cardinals as we head to Washington with the Flaherty going against Strasburg Monday. And the uh, Nationals win this one uh, three to one. Yeah, can't ignore the fact we've been shut down pretty much for two games in a row. Um, we won't make excuses for it. There's a lot of variables to it, um, you know, but the reality is we haven't been able to get it done. Um, as far as adjustments go, um, you know, <laughs> you, you, you have guys that have been getting pretty good some pitches to hit, not a lot of them. There's not been a lot of pitches to feast on. Um, I feel like the competition is there. The approach is there. Um, we just got to be able to continue to, when guys are pitching at that level, you know, and, and again, I don't want to minimize that we're not competing or we're not focusing right, um, but we got to figure out a way to be that much better. And, um, you know, it's a challenge right now for us. And, and we'll, we'll uh, we got the guys in that clubhouse that'll figure what that looks like, um, you know, but it gets back to, you know, getting good pitches to hit and then just putting a good swing on it, not trying to do too much, you know. Um, I really don't feel, I turn to Ollie, he's like, you feel like guys are pressing a little bit. I really don't feel like that's the case. Guys are in a pretty good spot, but, you know, clearly a little frustrated about what's going on the last couple of days. Thomas. Mike. Um, in the Eaton Wainwright at bat, uh, what was the thinking just on letting Wainwright stay in and not going to a left-hander there yeah, since I mean, he's had some success? Yeah, no, I understand that. Um, what goes into it, God's got 11 strikeouts. It's still hitting the spots. Um, you know, I think he probably made um, two mistakes. You know, the one to Taylor, Cutter, got the ball up to Patch, um, put a swing on it. But then you looked at the Turner at bat, you know, he bloops one in. Then you looked at the Eaton at bat, you know, I'd confidence he was going to be able to execute. And just watching, he was executing everything he was doing. So, you know, you take your chances with a guy that's in the moment, in the competition, that's pitched as well as he has, that um, is still executing his pitches. And, and um, you know, he more than deserved that opportunity, and he snuck one down the line on him. Other questions? Uh, ben and then Ryan. Uh, Ryan. Coming into an off day tomorrow, tomorrow, workout day tomorrow, what do you 
what's your approach with them coming off of two games like these two as opposed to if you'd have split or been up 2-0? Yeah, I mean, uh, clearly we're going to fight for every game regardless of where we are. You know, you got to get to four somehow. Right now we got to get to one. Um, obviously, you know, being in a 2-0 spot is not ideal, um, but I still very uh, feel very strongly about our chances in this series for a lot of reasons I don't need to really get into. Um, as far as what we can do different, you know, we've done everything we'd wanted to do in this series, but a big one, and that's be able to put some bats together and score. Our pitching's been outstanding. Our defense has been as good as always. Our base runner's been very opportunistic. We just hadn't had many opportunities. We just need to continue to do what we're doing. Our preparation's good. Our um, feel for what's going on in the competition's really good. We just need to be able to string together more consistent at bats, be able to pitch with a, you know, play with the lead and, and, and go from there. But, um, you know, we'll show up on Monday ready to go. I can tell you that. I'm Ben. What you've seen from from Jose, um, do you see him as maybe a catalyst in this series moving forward? To try to, you've talked a lot about not wanting to have a, a knee jerk reaction with the lineup, but his results on a on a lineup that's struggling are, are pretty pretty impressive so far. No, they are. You can't ignore the fact he's taking good at bats, um, and I obviously hadn't had time to to, to but there would be some contemplation about how we move forward and um, how we look to you know compete and. Um, you know, and again, I'll look at it from the lens that we always look at it, who's taking the kind of at-bats, who's on time, um, the matchups, all those different things that we always factor into it. And, um, you know, it's good to know that Hosey's in a good place and taking good at-bats, and it, it can't be ignored. In the second row. Mike, <coughs> in your opinion, what did you think Scherzer was doing to you guys today combined with you guys struggling a little bit at the plate? What was it about Scherzer today that made you guys struggle so much? Um you know, he's a quality guy for a reason. Um, he was commanding his pitches. Um, and, and I hesitate to say that I talked to Ollie about it on the bench a little bit because we will not make excuses for ourselves. I won't ever make excuses for our guys. But you also have to be um, realistic about what what we were dealing with today. And um, we were dealing with a, a guy that had really good command of his pitches, throwing – Mid-90s with the late movement, really dirty sliders, we know, um, and not the most ideal conditions to, to go up there and swing, it, swing the bat. Um, and, again, that's just realistic. You know, we had to figure a way to, to Ben's question earlier. We had to figure out a way to be better. That's the bottom line. Um, but I can't sit there and, and, and ignore the fact that, you know, their guy's <laughs> pretty darn elite. And, um, you know, you saw some elite pitching today. You saw playoff baseball. We hadn't been able to figure out a way to get some runs, but you're seeing playoff baseball and how it, how it, how it looks. And uh, that's usually, you know, tough pitching, timely hitting, um, good defense, and, and some other things. And we're doing everything, just not being able to scratch those runs across. Do two more, Jennifer. Mike, can you describe your level of appreciation as you watch Wainwright put up zero after zero, and especially on the heels of his last start for you guys? Yeah, you know, it's um, wow, what a what a what an effort, you know. Um, I saw where he talked about the matchup, and it was like Christmas for him. You know, we just didn't put any runs under the tree for him, but he did his part to wake up bright-eyed and ready to go and enjoy the opportunity in the moment, um, which you knew he would. You know, but he was he was stellar, and that's not a 
it's not a word to use a lot, but he was absolutely stellar in control of everything he was doing. And, um, you know, just weren't able to support him. You know, I can't say enough about the job that Adam did today. Finish up with Tom and then Benjamin. Yeah. Um, a lot of us hate baseball in the shadows. Today was the bright sun and maybe even the high sky make it particularly difficult, even by the standards that we've grown used to. I don't think there's any question about that. You know, there's, you know, you're talking about a lot of different variables that were pro pitching today um, with two guys that, you know, were on their A games. And so, um, you know, there's a reason it was a crisp game and there's a reason, you know, there was the two starters both had 11 strikeouts. They're very, very talented. They were able to execute their pitches and they were in, a, in an environment today that, that lent itself to pitching. I'll finish up with Benjamin. Um, is this just a situation where the on one hand you've, you've got Jack Flaherty going game three and that's something to be very optimistic about, but on the other hand you got Jack-like starts the last two games and you unfortunately weren't able to win either of them? Is that kind of a, a fair way to look at it? Um, I don't know. You know, I um, We're happy to have Jack going. We're happy to go compete. You know, the fact of the matter is it's a team that, you know, the word resilience has been used internally but it's really also been a um a moniker used externally rightfully so and um and you're going to see it in full force i mean this series is far from over and we have a guy going that's one of the best guys and really the best guy in baseball second half undisputed um going for us on monday and um we, uh, like I said, I'm very optimistic still about this series. Oh, a lot of things in there. That's Mike Schiltz talking to the media about game two. So the, I, I'm not going to make excuses, but he did say something, and the reporter asked him the question about the conditions, and it was the same for both sides. None of those hitters could see the ball well. There may be a couple that, that could see it, but that was a very hard baseball to see on both sides. And when Adam Eaton had his... Big hit in the eighth inning. I think that was about the time when you could start to see the ball a little bit better. It was late in the game. Unfortunately, it was too late for the Cardinals. That one put them ahead three to nothing, and they just didn't have anything left. Jose Martinez whacked that double that uh, sailed over the head of the center fielder, uh, and that was a big moment for the Cardinals. But they couldn't do anything after that. He also mentioned the matchup, and he said this series is far from over. Well, he's right about that. The Nationals still have to win two more games. Two more games, not one. The Cardinals have to win two out of three in Washington to get it back to Wainwright for a game six. And then you have Jack waiting in game seven. And I think if it got to that point, I think the Cardinals are in a great position. But you got to get all the way there. You have Jack Flaherty going tomorrow. And with with it being a night game and with the Cardinals being able to see the ball better and the Nationals will too, I like the Cardinals in this game three. You got to settle down and trust the process and wait for your pitch and not try to make something happen. And that's certainly what they'll try to do. But I think just in general, you got to settle down and just win a ball game. You go out there. Now, I do think they need to adjust the lineup. And again, I'm going to get into that in just a bit. I think there are some tweaks that can be made. I sense hearing Mike Schilt there that he is going to do something with that lineup, uh, just from what I'm hearing in his voice. But that's just... We'll see if that indeed happens, but I'll give you our lineup, or my lineup at least, coming up. But the Cardinals hitters, I think, against Strasburg 
are going to, he's not going to walk anybody. Strasburg is a strike thrower. Strasburg strikes people out. Strasburg, in the two games that he faced the Dodgers, he went six innings in both of them. The first game, he allowed a run on three hits, walked no one, struck out 10 against the Dodgers. Okay? And that was on the road. And then he went on the road again in game five. And he went six innings again. He gave up three runs on six hits, two home runs. He walked one, struck out seven. He's a strike thrower. He's going to give you pitches that you can whack. But he is not going to walk people. And he is uh, he's dynamite. But I think Jack Flaherty's better right now. Strasburg has the better resume. Flaherty right now is the hottest pitcher in baseball. And I would give the Cardinals an advantage to win a ball game. Then when it's 2-1, you got something. But you got to win game three, and you just have to go out and win a ball game. And we'll see if the Cardinals can accomplish that. And that's on KMOX tomorrow. And if you're a Cardinals fan, you got to brush off yesterday and look ahead. There's That's all you can do. And I do think, Mike Schultz said there, he didn't think, somebody, a lot of people asked him if, if the Cardinals were pressing. He didn't think so. I think so. And I actually, I heard Tommy Edmond say something along those lines. Here, here he is. Let me get to Tommy Edmond before we take a break. Listen to Tommy. Just like last time, uh, last time against the Braves, I mean, just attacked those guys against a good lineup, and yeah, he was unbelievable. Talking about Adam Wainwright. How would you examine the offense right now, especially today against a great pitcher like mm-hmm. Max Scherzer? Yeah, I mean, we've just ran into a few guys who are just completely on, and obviously Max has great stuff, and um, just really commanding those pitches well today. We'll be back at it. A uh, couple of days. So, what can you do moving forward? When you guys have gone through slumps mm-hmm. and you've come out of it and had big offensive days. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of just the ups and downs. I mean, we've shown that after a couple of rough games, we can come back and have an explosion like we did against Atlanta. Um, so, I think we just got to not get not get out of our approach too much and make these little small adjustments and hopefully be back at it on uh, Wednesday or whatever day. This is Tommy Edmund. There's more. Take a listen. Uh, talking about Scherzer again. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't help, um, but, I mean, they were dealing with it, too. They were able to scratch a couple of runs across, even with the shadows. Um, made it a little bit easier in the later innings once they kind of disappeared a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's level playing field. Sanchez and Scherzer are obviously two different style pitchers. tough to make an adjustment going from one to the other. Is it just that they're both, you know, on their game? Yeah, I mean, they're both on. I mean, just got to make sure we're, we're swinging at our pitches rather than chasing them around the zone. and. Um, we haven't done a good job of that last two days. Here it comes. It's this last question from Jim Hayes. This is the one I wanted you to hear. How do you get the offense jumpstart? I mean, there's no magic button to push. How do you guys figure? I mean, that? just not not getting out of our approach and trying to do too much, right? which I think we've kind of tried to do the last two days. Um, I mean, if you look on the scoreboard and you see no hits, everyone's going to be pushing to try to get a hit. Um, and I think just trying trying to stick to like the process instead of um, everyone trying to. Trying to get that first hit on the board. How about the, the job by Wayno keeping you guys in that ballgame? Yeah, Wayno is unbelievable. I mean, he's been really good pretty much all year, and um, you can't ask for anything more out of him. And um, he, just, he gave our offense a chance to get back in the game, but we just couldn't do it. Well, everybody's going to have to find their inner Adam Wainwright in game three and try to be the best that they can be. I believe in Tommy Edmond. I, I think that he has been probably one of the reasons, one of the big reasons why the Cardinals are even here. 
is that Edmonds' high baseball IQ, what he's been able to do playing multiple positions, he's definitely in my lineup tomorrow. There's no doubt about it. It's just a matter of where he's going to play. And he said it himself. The Cardinals maybe are looking up at that scoreboard, and he believes that, that they're looking up saying, all right, we got to get that first hit, get that hit, 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 instead of the approach that they've been trying to take to get offense going. You might roll your eyes and say, well, the approach isn't working. At times, it certainly has. It's gotten them here. It certainly has. The Cardinals are capable of exploding offensively. They've just got to get the ball rolling. They've got to make a couple of tweaks. We'll come back and get into that. It's 1025. Let me lay out the 11 o'clock hour for you. At 11.05, we'll run through some sports headlines of the day. And then at 11.15, Mizzou football coach Barry Odom is going to join us as he does every Sunday. He'll join us live. That door is open in the SEC East. Missouri could be the SEC East champion. As the things uh, started to unfold yesterday, the car, the Missouri Tigers are in a good position. Cardinals president of baseball operations, John Mosellock at 1130. And then at 1145, more football, Jonathan Hayes, the coach and general manager of your St. Louis Battlehawks of the XFL. We'll be back. Sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. I'm Tom Ackerman right after this. Welcome back to the Munkadass St. Louis Honda Sports on a Sunday morning. Munkadass pre-owned on South Limburg on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. All right, I know I went long in that one, but that first segment I thought was very important to get a few things off my chest, to get a few things out there, to let Mike Schilt's press conference run in case you didn't hear it after the game yesterday. We heard what I thought was some really important words from Tommy Edmond, who's with all respect to everybody in that clubhouse, is a very smart baseball man. I think Tommy Edmond has a great future in this game. I, I liked hearing, I wanted to hear what he had to say about the offense. Joining us is Chris Raby, who is on his way to Washington, D.C. He is here in studio before he heads out with the team. How are you, bud? What's going on, man? Uh, good. I'm doing well. I told the audience you and I had a couple of Bud Lights last night, and we talked about this very thing we're about to talk about which is what this team needs to do to turn things around. First, before I uh, give you a lineup that I think could be interesting, uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on what you saw yesterday. So, two things. And obviously, the offense needs to be better. There is no doubt about that. And you tip your cap, whatever, the proverbial dues paid to the team you're playing. It's the postseason. You're going to be going against great pitching, and you have gone against great pitching, both against Atlanta and now Washington. But you have to figure out a way to, you know, I'm not saying put up 10 runs, but get on base and have better at-bats. I mean, the fact that, what, three Cardinals got to a three-ball count on Friday night against Anibal Sanchez, like, listen, you tip your cap, you had good stuff, but... That's just not giving yourself an opportunity to see pitches and try to make something happen. When this team has struggled this year offensively, it seems to be that they struggle early in counts, they swing early in counts, and they often are hitting into soft contact outs, which makes things very easy on the opposing pitcher and very easy on the opposing defense. So, again, I know that you can't just flip a switch. Like, it's baseball, right? Like, This happens a lot over the course of 162 games. You can have two games like this in the middle of July, and people might roll their eyes a little bit, but you don't really notice it, you know? But if you have two games like this the first week of the season or in the postseason, then it becomes much more magnified. Now, the flip side of that is that 
your pitching has been really, 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 really good. good. Like better than Washington's overall in the postseason. And it's a shame to take advantage of that. Only the Yankees in the postseason right now have a better earned run average from their entire pitching staff. And again, before people take that the wrong way, you said the entire postseason, not just games one and two. And um, your starting pitching has been even better, and they've been giving you innings. Now, I do think it's fair, as you mentioned, to question Mike Schilt, for instance, pushing Adam Wainwright a little too far um, or leaving him in when it was pretty clear yesterday after the strikeout of Taylor that – you know, it was probably time to get him out. Um, but starting pitching's been unbelievable. I don't know what else you can ask for. And you look at what they're doing to the other offenses. It's not like Atlanta and Washington are lighting up the box score offensively. So, yeah, the Cardinals have got to figure something out. I don't know what the balance is between trying to spark something versus not overreacting too much and taking your entire starting regular lineup out. But, um, you know, you've you've got to figure something out, or it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a quick series. Yeah, you do. Uh, Mike Schilt goes with feel, uh, gut feel, but he goes with numbers too. And he decided that he was going to keep Wainwright in there, and the Nationals were able to get a couple of extra runs. But look, the Cardinals didn't score any runs. They did not have a hit uh, until late in the game, both games. It's a matter of pressing for sure. Even though Schilt, I don't think believes that, or at least he didn't say in his press conference. I I really think so. It's just human nature trying to get that crowd jumping, trying to make something happen, trying to get a hit. And we'll see if they can get back to the process of taking good at bats over and over. And I'm not talking about going up there and like not swinging. This isn't right. little league where no, no, no. you put the take sign on and you wait until the other pitcher throws you a strike. Like I understand that. This is big league baseball. It's very tough. And oftentimes, especially this is what Yachty said last week about coming in, Tom, and jumping on that first pitch where he flipped the ball right over Freddie Freeman's glove. He said he knows as a catcher that oftentimes the best pitch he might see and maybe the only fastball he's going to see in the zone is going to be on the first pitch. So that's fine. I have no problem with jumping on that first pitch. It's just that... The approach when you get down in the count, when you get behind, is not leading to any good results. And it's either strikeouts or it's balls that are put very, very weakly in play, which you have no chance to make anything good happen on. I do want to open up the phone lines. We may have a chance to take some calls, and I did say on Twitter that we would. So 314-436-7900. Is golf a sport? 436-7900. Should Pete Rose be in the Hall of Fame? 314. Get around the takes and warm up. Get some hot takes going on this cool, crisp day here on Cadillac. 314-436-7900. St. Louis, St. Louis County. Outside the metro area, it's one 800 Nine two five eleven twenty or anywhere around the world, you can uh, tweet at us. Uh, I'm at Ackerman eleven twenty, A C K E R M A N eleven twenty. So here's uh, the lineup that I drew up. I want to get your thoughts on this. Now you can make some changes to the current lineup, the one that they've been throwing out there, right? You could change the leadoff spot. You could mix and match. They've they've yeah, dropped Paul DeYoung down to eighth. Yeah, et it's a problem that Dexter Fowler right now. And again, small sample size, seven games in the postseason, right? But he has a 156 on base. That's the lowest of anyone with more than four at-bats. That, that's the lowest of any non-pitcher besides Matt Wieters, who's over 1. And he's 
had the most plate appearances. But what if you threw a couple of changes into the lineups, a couple of new faces? Yes, I said a couple. Just to change it up a little bit and give the Nationals a different look, perhaps put a little energy into the lineup and maybe a little more speed. All right, hit me. What speed is tough to slow down. I would lead off the Colton Wong. Okay. Colton Wong, your second baseman leading off. I like the way that he's looked. He's drawn some walks. I like his on-base percentage overall during the regular season. I think that he's energized and ready to go, and you cannot uh, – I mean, there's no way you take him out of the lineup. His glove is, is gold glove caliber. Batting second and playing third base is Tommy Edmond. I would have Edmond batting second. I still think that there are a couple of hits in this uh, these last two games that have been absolute screamers, one caught by Zimmerman, one caught by Eaton hard. that would have been extra base hits. Tommy Edmond is seeing the ball well and hitting it well. I like him at two. Three, four, five does not change. Paul Goldschmidt, your first baseman. Your cleanup hitter is Marcelo Zuna playing left field. And they've been your two best regulars. And no question about it. They are absolutely still fearsome hitters, and they can make you think, and you have to account for them at all times. Batting fifth is your catcher, Yadier Molina. I would keep Molina in the five spot. Batting sixth and playing right field. I make a change, and I bring in Jose Martinez. I think Martinez is seeing the ball extremely well. He's crushing the ball right now. He's hitting well, and it's just a little bit of a change. You are giving up defense for offense, but you've done this already at third base with Matt Carpenter, and I think that Jose Martinez in right field, for as long as you can have him out there, I think the bat is worth it just to get something going because right now uh, I haven't seen a, a lot uh, of offense, and, and I've got to make a little bit of a tweak. That's a big tweak. Okay, that's not a little tweak. That's a big one, putting in Jose Martinez. But I just, me personally, I'd like to give it a shot in game three and see what happens. Paul DeYoung, especially that's... With, sorry, especially with Jack Flaherty tomorrow, like, you would expect that there would be less yes. hard-hit contact to the outfield than absolutely right. maybe versus other pitchers. I'm with you on that. I, I absolutely agree. I think with Jack Flaherty on the mound, I'm comfortable with Jose Martinez I playing right here. I can't wait right to field. hear who's next to him in center field to protect him. <laughs> Batting seventh and playing shortstop is Paul DeYoung. I cannot take Paul DeYoung out of this lineup. He has had a lot of trouble at the plate, but he did have a hit yesterday that I liked. That I liked. It was right up the middle, and I think that he's too valuable with the glove at short right now. I don't think you have any other options there. I think you got to go with DeYoung. And then hear me out on this. Batting eighth and playing center field to just, just for a change, and somebody that they have not seen and they're not as familiar with, I'm going with Randy Rosarena in center field. Uh, New Randy. I, I I love Harrison Bader's defense. You can still use him as a defensive player. I love Dexter Fowler, but Dexter Fowler's struggling right now. And it's you have two big-time veterans who are not afraid of anything coming off the bench at any given moment for a big at-bat in Matt Carpenter and Dexter Fowler. That that moment will not overwhelm them whatsoever, and your bench becomes very strong with those two. I I still feel good about those two. I just right now see a change that needs to be made, and then Flaherty, of course, is batting ninth and pitching. What do you think about that? I like it. So a couple of things right off the bat. <clears throat> I like Wong and Edmund at the top, and Wong actually is outside of Goldschmidt and Ozuna getting on base in this postseason more than anyone else and has gotten on base more than any other Cardinal uh, since, what, mid-June, the beginning of July when he started to take off. So I like him there. 
I like Edmund too. I like having the switch hit ability up top as well. So you could go um, left switch, yes, right, right, uh, which could also be an asset late in games. Although we saw last night Colton Wong taking it bad against Sean Doolittle, so maybe we're not as splitty obsessed as um, <laughs> right. some of us might think. But um, I'll go down to the bottom of the lineup because I think everything else is is pretty straightforward. Jose has been great. I think Jose deserves a chance. I think Jose has shown us over the course of his career that like Marcelo Zuna, in a much smaller sample size, Jose Martinez hits some of the best pitching very well. He just has great plate coverage. Do you remember when he came up in 2016, some of the at-bats against Aroldis Chapman late in the season? Yes. And he has taken some of his best at-bats against some of the best pitching that the Cardinals see, um, and oftentimes cold off the bench. So I like that. Um, Randy Rosarena, this year, actually had reverse splits. And... He was great against both lefties and righties, but he crushed right-handed pitching this year. 357, 436, 607. His slash line against right-handed pitching in 196 at-bats in Memphis. Why not? I don't have to like I don't have to wait for Corbin. Get him in there against Strasburg. I don't know if they'll do it. Um Dexter Fowler has been very steady. And Dex put together a Dexter Fowler year. I think he's been really, really good. He's been great. He but, really has. You know, you've got to do something. And even if it's a day off or, I, you know, I'm sure guys will say they don't believe in a mental reset, but he's two for 29. And he's drawn three walks. Just try something. And I don't think you're giving up much defensively. Mike Schultz went out of his way the other day in his press conference to say that although Randy has traditionally played the corners, they've given him some run this year especially at multiple levels, uh, in center field. So why not? And if there's anyone you feel comfortable with on the mound, if you're tweaking things and not going with your A defensive outfield, I think it's Jack Flaherty. Yes, for this game. And then if you win this game, which I think they can, you reset, regroup. You know, this series, I agree with Schilt. This series is far from over. I mean, they're not done. Uh, they have an opportunity no, that man, this team can go. Games. This team won two games on the road in the division series. How, how how many times this year, including and save your rights holder or too optimistic takes, you know, Pitchfork Mafia, but this team two weeks ago won two out of three from the Nationals. That's right. Against Strasburg, Corbin, and Scherzer. And these players are on the roster for a reason. So uh, to me, you can't say that anybody that yeah, Mike Schilt put on this baseball, roster man. is incapable of you know, doing it. I was actually kind of surprised when I saw that since the CS went to seven games, teams that fall behind 0-2 um, are still winning the series or have still won the series at like an 18% rate. That's That's higher than I thought. It's yeah. one in five. It's higher than I thought. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back and jump into some of those phone calls. We'll rip through them fast. It's 1044 on KMOX. Hang on. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Munganass St. Louis Honda Sports on a Sunday morning. Munganass St. Louis Honda on South Limburg on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. 1047 on KMOX. We're jumping into some phone calls at 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Sports on a Sunday morning with Chris Raby. I'm Tom Ackerman. James O'Sullivan is our producer. And this is Jim. 
Jim, you're on KMOX Radio. How are you this morning? Good morning. My question is, why is Dexter Fowler leading off? He's two for, what, 30 or 32? He's, he's horrible at the plate. He looks like Lonnie Smith in the outfield. Well, he he's at a hit great... a brick I appreciate the call, Jim. He's, Go ahead. He's had a good year, Jim. And, again, I know we overreact sometimes to small samples, but he's had a good year. And let's be frank about it. When Harrison Bader bottomed out and was sent to the minors to try to get some things right, Dexter took over in center field, did, did a great job, and that combination of Dexter and Wong at the top of the order kick-started the most successful two months of the Cardinals' season. Dexter Fowler should feel good about what he's done this season to get the Cardinals to this point. He's had a very good 2019. It just might be time for a tweak for Game 3. You can go right back to him, but maybe just a change could be a good look for Strasburg. Let's go to Bob on KMOX. Hey, Bob. Bobo, let's go to Jack. Jump in it's for a good, little. Bob. Jack, that's all right. Jack, how are you? Good morning, Tom. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. A uh, few, few quick things. I got. I could take a whole half an hour and talk about this, but I know Me you too. have other callers. Me too. I could too. I, in fact, I just did. <laughs> go ahead. First of all, with regards to the Cardinal offense, it's no secret. The offense has been a problem all year long. It's just been magnified with the postseason. Mm-hmm. But the primary reason is, is, is that I've said this all along, the Cardinal hitters, are individually, they're individually, they're selfish, and they're playing for individual statistics. They mm-hmm. never have an awareness of time and score, particularly in the late innings of the game. You can count on one hand the number of times any Cardinal hitter has sacrificed himself throughout the course of the season to move a runner over from first to second. What does that mean? Bob, Bob, did... oh, no, go ahead, Jack. The number two, Matt Carpenter, for being an eight- or ten-year veteran, he's no longer a major league hitter. He's a major league umpire. He stands up there and he umpires. After the number of years that he's played, you would think that when he gets two strikes, he's got to protect. Instead, he's umpiring and striking out faster than you can count them. And number three, you can you can uh, take it to the bank. The Cardinal hitters will always swing at a 3-1 pitch, particularly in the late innings. They have runners on first and second, the tying run at the plate, or the tying run on deck, or whatever the situation. The Cardinal hitters will always swing at a 3-1 pitch. Never take a 3-1 pitch to get a line moving, as John Rooney likes to say, and get the next man up to the plate to put movers as running and scoring position. All right, Jack, I I appreciate it. I I no doubt that Jack's watched a lot of baseball. So that third one, I like the thinking on that. You want to keep the line moving. The second point that he made about Matt Carpenter, Matt is struggling offensively. He's not as good defensively as others at third base, but he is still Matt Carpenter, and you still have to account for him, and he can. Uh, he does have a good eye, and I don't agree with the the thought that he's just standing there as an umpire, and I definitely don't agree with the first point. I mean, the, the, the whole yeah. reason the Cardinals are here is that they play for each other. They're not playing for individuals. I asked Marcelo Zuna, multiple times about the, when he was struggling and he hit a, a big home run and he said, you know, it's not about me. This is about the team. I do it for the team. Uh, he is uh, feeling good that this is a new season for him, this postseason, but it's about the team always. Also, the Cardinals' numbers, their slash line, their collective team average on base slugging actually got better gets better, and it got better all season long the later the game goes. The Cardinals, uh, do we have any more calls, James? Uh, the, those are Dan? Okay, let's squeeze in Dan before the break. Dan, go ahead. Hey, guys, thanks for taking my call. You bet. Here's here's my big big thing right now. Why didn't we change the lineup for yesterday? 
I, I think we could have made some adjustments to the lineup yesterday, and now we got to wait and do it in game three, which I think there'll be some adjustments to the lineup. I think we should have done it yesterday. Totally what do you guys fair. Think? Yeah, no, it's a totally fair, fair. It's a fair point. I, I did not. I, I'm not a phony. I mean, I said I'm okay with going. I, didn't, I don't know if I said it on the air, but I said it when I saw the line. I'm like, all right, go with the same line. Oh, Mike, Mike Schultz said we're one game removed from scoring ten runs in the first. Exactly inning. right. You know, so they felt like that lineup could still get the job done. Anibal Sanchez carved them up. They could not see a ball over the plate. Everything was on the corner. Maybe you get something better from Max Scherzer. That wasn't the case. Scherzer, the, one of the best pitchers of his generation, got it done. Now you're throwing Flaherty against Strasburg. We'll see. Game three. Quick break. Back after this. Welcome back to the Munganass St. Louis Honda Sports on a Sunday morning. Munganass pre-owned on South Limburg on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Tom Ackerman with you. Sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. Chris Raby's in studio. He's about to go to Washington. One other thing I'm going to throw out there just for fun, okay? The St. Louis Blues are going to the game tomorrow. If that doesn't give you a little extra tingle, I don't know what does. And can I say before I slide out and head to the airport? Yes, sir. The passion of our listeners and St. Louis fans and what I've been spoiled to get to experience on a night-to-night basis covering the Cardinals and Blues has been unbelievable. So thank you to the listeners Let's keep it rolling, and let's go win a series in Washington. All you got to do, let's take two or three. Two or three. It's like you said off the air. This is like going on the road. It's a series on the road during the regular season. You win two out of three. You bring this thing home to Wainwright, down 3-2. I like the Cardinals' chances there. We'll be back with much more in the 11 o'clock hour. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.